Wednesday. Welcome back to another edition of WeatherWise here from the meteorologists at 47 ABC WMDT. I'm Chief Meteorologist Rich Wardzik here. It is July 6th. I'm here with meteorologist Sloan Haynes. Hi. How are you doing? Doing well. Can't believe it's July already. I know, Our isn't first it crazy? podcast of the month, so very right. exciting. How was your fourth? Well, I was here, so that was good, but I know you used to work mornings, so the 4th of July is like the worst day oh, to be yes. a morning TV person because the fireworks, they'll wake you up. They woke me up for about like 10 minutes, but luckily I was able to fall right back asleep. Right. I just turned the fan up extra loud in my, oh my room. Oh, goodness. I know, I know your pain, and I'm mm -hmm. sorry that uh, <laughs> you're having to deal with that now. You're right, because in the evening, it was like... Um, I, I, I went out for a jog at one point and on my break, you know, mm -hmm. I worked the late shift. So I, my, my days are, you know, skewed toward the evening for those of you listening out there and Sloan's are very, very, very early morning. And, uh, well, it was around like seven, eight o'clock. It just, just explosions everywhere, mm -hmm. you know, and I know that must've been tough. <laughs> it was a rough time, but we're here. <laughs> right, right. I get you. I, I, I feel you. At least the weather was decent yes, for the 4th of July. It was beautiful. I was joking on air saying it was a dry heat, like we were in Arizona. Yeah. It wasn't too humid. <laughs> it was still hot. Still broke a sweat if you went outside. But I'll take low humidity hot days any Absolutely. day of the week for the summer. Absolutely. What we, Dew points in the 50s, mm -hmm. you know. That's... um. That's, that's a treat. Decent. Yeah, <laughs> that's the it is a treat. And we don't have too many of those days going mm -hmm. in the summer. So that was nice to see here for the 4th of July weekend. And I hope everybody out there had a, a great weekend. And, you know, it was a little stormy to start. And I think that they had people on edge for their plans for the weekend. Uh, what was it? Saturday evening mm -hmm. is when we had the uh, rough weather come through Delmarva. That was the of the three three day holiday weekend. That was the only day that we had problems. And um, I know at one point we had a couple severe thunderstorm warnings. Uh, especially north and west of Salisbury. So, you know, we were talking, you know, north of Cambridge, the eastern area, Denton, and then getting into parts of um, Kent County, Delaware, northern mm -hmm. Sussex. That's where we saw some of the heaviest weather. But Sloan, you and I talked about on the podcast last week about lightning safety, the dangers of lightning, and some of the facts about that. This was a good example mm -hmm. of um, how, you know, we talk about the lightning threat. It doesn't always correlate with the severity of storms because as the evening drew on on Saturday and we had less severe weather, less damaging wind threat, the lightning became more of a problem. Yes, and it definitely did become an issue as we head into those evening hours. And what we're talking about last week was that within thunderstorms, there's so many hazards within them, but lightning, especially during the summer months, is when we see that lightning threat increase a bit. So heading into Saturday night, that's what we saw. I was home during the time, but I had a few friends who were out and about Ocean City area, Bethany Beach, and they were like, oh, it's getting a little dark. We can see lightning in the distance. It didn't quite reach them. But at the same time, they, people did the right thing, they said, and they were like clearing off the beaches, off the boardwalk at night. So that's good. Maybe they listened to our podcast from last yeah, week. Hopefully they did. And, <laughs> and it was good to hear that. They were taking the precautions mm -hmm. necessary for that because that's a good example of um, you, you don't have to have the rain over top of you. Uh, in some cases, and during the day, you always hear from that term we talked about last week, bolt from the blue. Mm. I mean, it, the sun can be out. You can be close enough to be struck by lightning. And what was going on Saturday evening um, with it past sunset as these storms continue to roll on well into uh, the evening hours past sunset. It, the light show is amazing. Yeah. And you, you could have been um, 
it, you were in some places uh, 20, 30, 40 miles away in some cases from the actual storms. And you had a light show as if the lightning was uh, mm -hmm. on your doorstep. And the cloud to ground lightning strikes were really impressive with these storms coming across the bay. And uh, it, it was just interesting to note at the time where some of these storms had the most lightning activity, there were no severe thunderstorm warnings out. So it was a good reminder mm -hmm. that uh, these storms can be very dangerous, even if there isn't your classic warning attached mm -hmm. to them. Because again, lightning is not a precursor to whether or not you have a warning that's usually based on, um, or it is based on, the threat for damaging winds or the size of the hail that's potentially with the storm or the threat of a tornado. And we didn't have those three going on with the exception of some gusty winds, mm -hmm. it was the lightning. So uh, I know those of you at home uh, that are listening here on Del Marva, especially if you live north and west of Salisbury, you know exactly how it was Saturday evening. Mm -hmm. It's really cool on social media though, I had a chance to check out some of the videos uh, people were posting and some of the pictures of the lightning. I even was out with the Mobile Weather Center driving around a little bit, uh, checking out some <laughs> of the storms there for Ulysses as he was getting set for his uh, 11 o'clock newscast and just kind of keeping an eye on things coming in and had a chance to post a few videos on Instagram. If you want to check that out, um, you can always find us, by the way, all of us here uh, out of the uh, 47 ABC Weather Center on social media. Mm -hmm. But uh, it definitely was an active start to the weekend. Yes. Sunday was a lot better, right? Sunday was better once the sun finally came out, but it still felt humid out there. Rich knows this. I was struggling over the weekend, had no air conditioning, so oh, the man. humidity that really was... stuck around with me yeah. throughout the weekend. So that's why I was happy for Monday. So Sunday, Saturday led into a better Sunday, and Sunday led into a beautiful Monday. So we finally had some better weather. Right, and I feel for you, by the way. When you're telling <laughs> me the story, I instantly felt for you um, <laughs> with your AC issue. So I'm glad that that yes. at least is getting rectified. O always a holiday weekend when something like this happens, Absolutely. too. That's exactly what it's supposed to happen, right? When no one's around and, yeah. you know, It's either that, wait. plumbing, like right. the oven doesn't work, something. <laughs> Well, hopefully here for the shortened week, uh, things are getting a little back, yes. uh, a little closer to normal for you and mm -hmm. for I know for a lot of people across the area because we're getting back to the heat and humidity. Oh, yes. AC's a necessity. Um, and that's the problem here that we're going into the week. Um, you know, with the humidity going up, we're not cooling off at night. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one thing if you lose your AC, at least at night, you can get some fans going, get some of that fresh air moving through the house or the apartment. But when it's so humid, you're not cooling off at night. So that's mm -hmm. just kind of a you know, fool's errand at that point because you're just bringing in soupy air yes. to replace what and was nothing, already in your... Nothing's worse than walking outside at 3 o'clock in the morning to go to your car to go to work and you can feel the air around yes. you that early and you're <laughs> thinking to yourself, it's going to be like this all day. It's right. just going to get hotter from here. Right, right. And, and that's that... what Wednesday today, the hottest day of the week too. That's right. So... That's right. And, and the only thing I guess that's going to really keep us a little cooler here through the end of the week is just the fact that there's going to be the chance for more storms mm -hmm. both during the day but at night. So there's going to be a lot of cloud debris as we call it around. Yes. Sometimes the storms uh, fall apart at night and what's left over in the morning. And that actually helps out because it keeps some of the sun away for a while during the day and it keeps our temperature mm -hmm. down a little bit. So. so we'll take yes. what we can get this time of the year, I guess. Yes. But uh, very active week. Um, in since more we ways last than talked. one. Right, yes. right, out in the tropics. So we had two incidents. Did you want to talk about, we'll start with maybe the one that was farthest away, and then we'll get closer to here. But, yeah. Uh, Bonnie. Yes, so we had Bonnie. It was out there, you know, moving along the tropical Atlantic for a bit, and then it started approaching the Caribbean Sea. And once it reached there, that's when it became likely to transition into a tropical storm. But 
let me tell you, this storm wanted to stay a potential tropical cyclone too as long as it possibly could. I think up until it made landfall for Costa Rica and Nicaragua is when we finally saw it become Tropical Storm Bonnie. But this was something that you and I talked about when you first joined the team, was what happens to these storms that cross That's right. water basins? Well, Bonnie kept its name. So it did up becoming Hurricane Bonnie once it went off into the Pacific, impacting the Pacific coast of Mexico. And they did have, you know, that elevated rip current risks. They had the heavy rainfall. Um, I was trying to see statistics about Bonnie, and they said that fortunately there were deaths due to flooding um, and mudslides for Costa Rica and Nicaragua. So this was the first, I believe, fatal storm of the year. Yeah, it's, it's um, heartbreaking to hear that. And, you know, being so early in the season too, mm -hmm. just knowing that we have a long way to go before we can at least not worry about this again until mm -hmm. the next season. And that's um, very unfortunate for them. And uh, you talked about how that, uh, you know, crossing from the Atlantic Basin over to the Pacific Basin too. And it made it a little interesting with keeping the name because they've already had their bee storm, I believe, in the Pacific. Yes. So you had another one, you know, and mm -hmm. then I, I, I th it, it did stir up a lot of conversation online, but it was kind of an interesting setup with that. But uh, uh, I think it was 2016 was the last time we had something like that happen with Otto yes. that had crossed over from a basin. So that retained its name. Mm -hmm. So um, getting the conversation started early with these kind of events, usually we get into some of these unique, um, I guess, uh, you know, anomalies later in the season after we've had a few storms. So mm -hmm. um, very active early season. And I think uh, one thing that you and I noted last week, just putting the graphics on air, we were talking about uh, these potential developing systems. Uh, we had so much activity in the southern part of the Atlantic coming off of the coast of Africa, the Caribbean, it looked like what we would show maybe in August or September. Mm -hmm. That's what ocean temperatures are so warm over there already. Then, you know, typically August, September, I think it's like September 10th. That's the peak of the Atlantic hurricane season. And that's because ocean temperatures are warmest there. That's when we're going to see the most activity. But it's not only that the ocean temperature is warm, other conditions are favorable for the systems to potentially develop. Nothing else really came of it, but when we get to Colin, that's a different story. Right. But we were seeing, you know, these waves coming off the coast of Africa. That's typically what we see in August. And speaking of August, we don't typically have our third named storm until around August 1st. So we're about a month early with that because on Friday, that's when um, I don't even think the National Hurricane Center said had put anything out. I think it was the local National Weather Service office in Savannah, and they said they were monitoring a low pressure system that could bring some heavy rainfall to the coast of Georgia and especially the Carolinas. And then 5 a.m. Saturday morning, the National Hurricane Center puts out Tropical Storm Colin has yes. formed in the Atlantic <laughs> off the coast of the Carolinas. And typically, we don't even see storms form that early for us here. Um, that's typically a, like a September type thing for us here right. along the East Coast to see storms forming along the coast. Fortunately, the severe aspect with Colin really wasn't there. It was just that heavy rainfall, but it was an early third name storm. It was very early. And you talked about, too, the National Hurricane Center didn't even peg it until no. really the last it a, second. It was a surprise. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, it goes to show you, too, with the, you know, with the modern techniques of how we can keep an eye on these mm -hmm. um, systems as they develop. Still, the idea that you have to remember, even in something large scale like a tropical system, all it takes is an organ unorganized area of thunderstorms to become slightly organized mm -hmm. area of low pressure. That's what really a tropical system is. 
and you know you can be you can have something like that develop mm -hmm. very quickly and we are a little ahead of schedule as you talked about and i i remember watching from the weather service transition over the national hurricane center when they finally put out that mm -hmm. this was going to be a named storm colin um instantly you know everyone's kind of taking a look at a lot of the observations along the carolina mm -hmm. coast and what was really interesting about this storm and thankful for everybody from you know that lived there but also vacationing was the fact that the worst of the storm was on the east side of the yes. eyewall which was well out to sea so if you looked at a lot of the sensors along the carolina coast especially the north carolina coast you had like wind gusts at like not even wind gusts you know registering they were actually just wind speeds of seven eight nine miles per hour and that was it and a lot mm. of the rain too if you looked at the radar and the satellite picture with the infrared with the cloud top seeing where the largest areas of thunderstorms were that was all off on the eastern side of the mm. uh, eyewall which would have been well out to sea mm. and thankfully it didn't cause any problems other than maybe some swells yes yes they're talking about swells some rough surf some some rainfall was a concern with it but overall nothing happened as quickly as colin formed it dissipated. Right. So this was a short-lived system. I know typically when we're talking about tropical systems, we talk like such as Bonnie, it had a lifespan of almost a week there. So if we talk about systems like that, these are generally, you know, larger storms are on the synoptic scale. We're talking about how they can last a little while longer. Some, you know, again, the journey from Africa all the way to the United States when the system might be moving like 13 miles per hour, that takes a while. Yes, it so, does. So <laughs> just to like put that into perspective, track. like they keep their strength for a while. So this was a very short-lived system. Yeah. And, you know, the big question that I was getting too was, okay, this thing, this storm developed so close to the Delmarva area, mm -hmm. just off to our south. But w other than some of the swells, we had absolutely zero mm -hmm. impact from that, let alone any rain. We didn't even have any clouds. In fact, as that system was moving off the coast, you know, we were experiencing improving conditions here. And it was the cold front, the very yes. weak cold front that came through over the weekend. It did its job. It did its job, exactly. <laughs> it brought us a storm Saturday. As you talked about Sunday into Monday into the 4th, we had that transition to the lower humidity. It was just that settling of mm -hmm. that weak boundary through our area mm -hmm. that essentially helped to guide that storm mm -hmm out to sea. Yes. So that's all it takes to protect us in this part of the country mm -hmm. is you need a cold front. You a need, cold you front, some ridging from a high pressure that, system, yeah. anything. Something like that. But it's something else I think about as we talk about these cold fronts, warm fronts, high pressure systems all the time. But you're thinking, you know, like people, a viewer would be like, oh, isn't it just a line on a map? But these are large scale systems too that yeah. impact multiple states. So that cold front extends across multiple states, hundreds of miles. So it is doing its job to help protect us from tropical weather. That's what we saw with, you know, larger scale systems, why they stayed maybe a little further off the coast or why they clear out like ESA EFS was guided out by a system that kept that moved it out of here quickly. Fortunately, it was just a day event for us here on Delmarva. But we need these systems to sort of help us out during tropical season. Yes, and it's it's always um, beneficial for us when mm -hmm. we look to that. And it's always a timing game too. It really does come down to just timing. When we watch these systems come up the coast, um, we look for that large scale weather system like a cold front or ridging from high pressure, something to nudge the storm in mm -hmm. a, on a trajectory 
away from you mm -hmm. know the East Coast. And keeping in mind too, with these storms, they develop basically under domes of uh, you know high pressure aloft, mm -hmm. which is really there's no steering current in the upper mm -hmm. atmosphere, so these things live in their own environment essentially, and they drift. And so you were mm -hmm. talking about the the forward speed of a hurricane coming in uh, you yeah. know, through the Atlantic, 10, 15, 20 miles per hour max. Yeah, you know? I was like 13 miles per hour might have been too fast of a guesstimate there, right. but typically we do <laughs> see these systems move fairly slow. Right. So it, it's a good in indication that once you get the, the, the regular weather patterns, you would call it, um, that we would typically experience here on the mainland, once you get that involved, that quickly can help steer a mm -hmm. tropical system, even the strongest of hurricanes, it can help steer them uh, in a direction away from the coast. So it's always a timing game that we take a look at, and it's, it makes the forecast also much more complex mm -hmm. um, when we look at these systems. Because later in the season, sometimes if you have a strong enough system, the, it, it interacts with the cold front and it makes the cold front stall basically. And in a situation you have a stalled front across an area, that can be the focal point of very heavy rain. So there's a lot of uh, you know, gray area that comes mm -hmm. into the forecasting of these systems when they interact with fronts coming off of uh, the mainland. So interesting scenario that we saw with Colin, but thankfully for everybody mm -hmm. involved and for the vacationers, it, it was just kind of a, a quick story. It was yep. in and out very quickly. So we're already to see and we're uh, you know, off to the races with the beginning here of the tropical season. So hopefully by the time we talk again next Wednesday, we won't have any more to talk no. about in the area, but I'm sure there'll be some activity to get to mm -hmm. at that point. So a lot going on here. Again, the 4th of July weekend I think would be a success, yes. considering that we got to the end of it without any problems here in Delmarva. And getting into a very active weather week here with the typical shower and mm -hmm. thunderstorm set up each day. Now we get to this time of the year, the storms, um, coming in, damaging winds is a main threat that we look at. But this is also a time of the year where beneficial rains come through yes. these type of complexes of storms that move through. So it's and that's the concern for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is not just the damaging winds, but heavy rainfall within these storms too. Right. So something to keep in mind too, we're getting to that time of the year where flash flooding is always a, a problem. It's always a concern, but we do get to the point where now that's really a heightened concern mm -hmm. because the the movement of these storms, if they're not fast enough, they just dump several inches of rain in a short period of time. We already saw that actually coming out of the weekend mm -hmm. um, across parts of the mid-Atlantic, a lot of flash flood warnings that were in effect. So um, something we'll keep an eye on here out of the Weather Center. I don't know if you have anything else to add. You got a Foodie Friday coming up. I know I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> I do have a Foodie Friday coming up, a very exciting one. Um, I love heading out to the beaches, and I love a restaurant with a view, and I have a place this Friday in West Ocean City where you can find both dinner, a view, good drinks too. Took a look at their menu. It's called Mickey Finn's. Um, if you love white marlin, typically this is where everybody docks their boats for oh, the event. Oh, that's and they are a huge, they are very busy during the White Marlin Tournament here. So that's a good, good place to maybe watch some results, see what people are bringing in, or just to enjoy during these summertime months. They have a beautiful redone dock out there and a rooftop lounge, so multiple areas for you to enjoy. That is really neat. I, that uh, is picking my interest because I'm starting <laughs> to, I'm starting to try to get an experience some of what Delmarva here and even the beaches have to yes. offer. Aside from my typical over my uh, course of you know, living in Maryland, just coming out here as a yeah. tourist, going to the beach. Your foodie Fridays are fantastic. That's because how that's... I did it. We used to have an anchor here, Julian, and uh -huh. 
when I started here, it was like at the height of the pandemic, just started, and I was like, oh, like I'm gonna like explore the area a bit. So I would go get takeout from restaurants that he used to do foodies at every week to like explore the area. I personally think the best way to explore a new area is through food. If you love seafood, Mickey Finn's. Okay. They have really good ahi tuna, the best I've probably ever had. So give it a try. Oh, that sounds so Let good. Let them know I sent you. Okay, I definitely <laughs> will. Absolutely, I'm gonna name drop, of course. Foodie Friday with Sloan Haynes. So, um, and you know, as we're recording this here near lunchtime, this is getting me really hungry. <laughs> So you want to tell everybody when they can catch this? Yes, yeah, so Friday during the news hour typically airs around 6.15, and right after you can find it on our website, that's 47abc.com. Awesome, that's really cool. And uh, remembering too with our website, wmdt.com as well, if you want to get in touch with us here at the podcast, myself, Sloan Haynes, Ulysses Garcia, Check out our website. Go to the weather section. We have our bios. We have our emails. You can mm -hmm. get in touch with us. Lots of different ways. If you're, if you're on Facebook, Twitter. Tag uh, us on social media. Tag us on social media. Right. Uh, whatever whatever uh, you like to, however you like to communicate, we've got every avenue on there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and we'd certainly love to hear your questions mm -hmm. and any topics you'd like us to talk about. So uh, I think that's it for yeah. us. So we want to thank everybody out there again for uh, tuning in for downloading the podcast here weatherwise and uh, we're going to see you again or talk to you again uh, next wednesday with another additional weatherwise here from 47 abc wmdc